Listen to me very, very carefully. I'm going to make the point and message of this Locked on Kings podcast perfectly clear from the jump. I am sick and tired of the Golden State Warriors. There are 28 other teams in the NBA. Let the Sacramento Kings play those teams. In fact, let the Kings play each one of those 28 teams 15 straight times before they have to play the Golden State Warriors again. I've had enough of these two teams. Take the game that they're scheduled to play later on in November and either move it to 2024 or outright cancel it. I don't care. In fact, these two teams can't even share Northern California anymore. They can't, they can't handle being neighbors. I can't even handle those teams being geographically close together anymore. Let the Sacramento Kings have Northern California because Sacramento is the California capital. Have San Francisco blow up the Golden Gate Bridge, blow up the Bay Bridge, get a big gust of wind or a few tugboats to drag them out deeper into the Pacific Ocean and let them be the independent island kingdom of San Francisco ruled by Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. I don't care anymore. Get them away, as far away as possible, from the Sacramento Kings. I've had enough of the blood pressure. I've had enough of the heartbreak. I've had enough. Kings lose 102 to 101. Welcome into the therapy session, also known as Locked on Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all season long. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm a Sacramento sports anchor and reporter for ABC 10 News. And I promise you my sanity is a little bit more intact than that introduction suggested, although there's nowhere I'd rather be more right now than on my couch watching a a rom-com and stuffing my face with ice cream. Because once again, like a teenage girl dealing with heartbreak, Kings fans have to deal with the Golden State Warriors crushing our hearts into pieces again. In a game with a final score 102 to 101, it didn't look like either of these teams was gonna break 100 points. And there were a lot of aspects of this game tonight that if I had told you, hey, the Kings would hold the Warriors to 102 points, DeMontis Sabonis would lead the team in scoring. Uh, with De'Aaron Fox's absence, uh, the Kings would manage to hold the, uh, the Warriors to 18 points in the third quarter where they normally dominate the NBA. There's a lot of parts of this game where you could go, wow, like the Kings had a really good chance to win this game despite missing their star who averages 31 points per game. But I'm sick of moral victories, right? I'm tired of moral victories. We'll get to that in a second. We'll also get to what went right for the Kings because there was a lot that went right for the Kings in this game. But let's start, of course, with how this Kings, or rather this game ended. Klay Thompson, who was not good all night and missed a lot of shots all night long. You get the ball out of Steph Curry's hands. You get the ball into the hands of Klay Thompson. And he's had a lot of major shots over his career, a lot of big moments in his career, of course, many of them against the Sacramento Kings. We'll add this one to the list. He's smothered by Davion Mitchell, just gets that little bit of separation. Of course, Davion Mitchell is a few inches shorter, gets that shot up from mid-range, and it doesn't matter how he was shooting before that shot went down because he made it when it counted. 14 points, 6 of 15 from the field, two rebounds, two assists for Klay Thompson. A stat line that, again, you tell me that Klay has that stat line and Steph only has 21 points, I'd say, wow, the Kings maybe should have won this game. 
Well, context is important, but you can throw all that out the window. The Kings did not win this game. We know how it ended. Heartbreak. Congratulations to Clay Thompson. At some point, you only can just tip your cap and just go, wow, big shot. He's a, I think he's an NBA Hall of Famer, Clay Thompson. Uh, like it, it doesn't surprise me at all that the Golden State Warriors were able to pull out this game. I was expecting it to be Clay, uh, Steph Curry, to be completely honest with you. Everything was setting up for here comes another, another Steph Curry moment to just shatter the hearts and souls of Sacramento Kings fans. Well, Steph decided to, to pass that baton and pass that responsibility off to Clay Thompson tonight. And I give Davion Mitchell, honestly, a lot of credit on that play. I thought he played really, really good defense, as, as close to the best defense as he could have played on Clay Thompson. He just made a big-time shot. So, again, tip your cap to that. But I'm done with moral victories. I'm done with them. Like, like I'm not going to say that, oh, well, I mean, the Sacramento Kings tried and, and they took the Golden State Warriors to the very edge on, on their home floor with no De'Aaron Fox in this game. I mean, maybe the Sacramento Kings should have been blown out without De'Aaron Fox, blah, 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 blah. Like, I get that. And there are things to take away from this game, which we'll get to, very uh, things to be positive about, th things to be happy about, things to be encouraged about. But honestly, like, these are the games that the Sacramento Kings need to learn how to win. This is the hump that the Kings have to get over, right? Uh, uh, before, before last season, like the proverbial hump that Sacramento failed to get over was like being in close games against any team, including teams that were around the same level as them, and they would just fall apart late and end up losing the games the majority of the time. They've gotten over that hump. Now it's teams to the status of the Golden State Warriors, right? If the Kings want to be a championship caliber team. And they've talked a lot about that's the point that they want to get to. Mike Brown and De'Aaron Fox have said they believe that they can compete for a championship and their goal is to compete for a championship this season. They have to get past a team like the Golden State Warriors, the old dynasty. They have to get past this team consistently if they want to get to that point. That doesn't mean they beat the Warriors every single time these two teams play. But you have to learn how to consistently close out these games. And the reality is every single time the Kings and Warriors go down to the wire, even the majority of Sacramento Kings fans expect the Warriors to pull that game out. That script needs to flip. It needs to get to a point where the general NBA population, including fans of the opposing team, expect that if the game is close, Sacramento is going to pull out that win. And maybe some teams felt that way when De'Aaron Fox was playing with how clutch he was for Sacramento last season. But it's now getting there against teams to the status and caliber of the Golden State Warriors. But let's talk about no moral victories. Like we've already, I've already made it abundantly clear. Like we're not focusing on moral victories tonight. The Kings lost fair and square. It was another winnable game with or without De'Aaron Fox. Doesn't matter. They lost another winnable game against a, a, a Western Conference opponent that they have to get past if they want to get to the place that they're trying to get to. No moral victories. But. There are a lot of things that went right for Sacramento in this game that put themselves in the position to be able to win. Number one is they held Steph Curry to only 21 points. Now, I'm going to choose to tie De'Aaron Fox into this. I'm going to choose to say that De'Aaron clearly brings out the best in Steph Curry because when Fox and Steph Curry are going at it, Steph drops 41 points or 50 points like he did in game one of this season or game seven of the playoffs last year. When Fox doesn't play, Steph Curry only has 21. Now, maybe that's also because Steph Curry doesn't need to score as much to beat the Foxless Warriors, but I don't want to accept that reality. I just want to accept that Steph or that De'Aaron Fox is so good and so influential that it forces Steph to play at his absolute best. That is the only reality that I will accept at this point, and you can owe me that based off of how this game went for the Sacramento Kings tonight and how this game ended. But 
in addition to the Kings doing a relatively good job containing Steph Curry, because that's all you can really do. You can't stop Steph. You can only just contain him as best as you can. Where the Kings were killed by the Warriors over the course of the playoffs was rebounding. The Kings actually dominated the boards tonight. They out-rebounded Golden State 48 to 36, including 14 offensive rebounds to Golden State 7. Second chance points murdered the Sacramento Kings during the playoffs. So to see that tangible improvement, that statistical improvement in different areas, that's really encouraging. Now on one hand, it's really frustrating to go, man, see the Kings got that right, they corrected that mistake, man, the Kings held the Golden State Warriors to 102 points and they still lost. Like, I get that. I get that mindset. Ultimately, we're just trying to see tangible improvement from this Kings team. That's what we want, is to see them keep stepping forward. And the Golden State Warriors are a phenomenal measuring stick for this team. And they still are coming up short. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. They're still consistently, if not mostly, coming up short against the Golden State Warriors. But little things like this show that hopefully they can learn from these mistakes. Hopefully that they're going in the right direction. Harrison Barnes said after the game, like, no moral victories either. Like, they need to learn from this, but it also... It encourages them or it motivates them that they're so close. They know they're so close against a team as good and familiar with each other as the Golden State Warriors. And that's an important part, too. The Warriors, yes, they have some relatively newer faces, but their core, the, the Curry, the Thompson, the Draymond, even the Andrew Wiggins at this point, the Kevon Looney, like they are so in sync and so comfortable with familiar with one another that they have that distinct advantage. And the Sacramento Kings are taking that team to the wire and to the limit almost every single time. The Kings are so close. And yeah, maybe that's encouraging to them. Yeah, they, that hopefully does motivate them, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything if they can't ultimately get over the hump when it's all said and done. The Kings did what I thought they needed to do with De'Aaron Fox being out. You were never going to make up for Fox's absence and his 31 points. You were never just going to replace that. You needed everybody to step up. And the Kings had six different players in double-figure scoring. Now, only one of them made it to the 20s, hence the reason why the Kings only scored 101 points. But at least the Sacramento offensive attack was balanced. They didn't get to that 120-point mark that we'd love to see this Kings get to, of course. And I don't know if they're really going to be able to ever with De'Aaron Fox being out. But at least everybody was somewhat involved in the offensive attack and they didn't just lean too heavily on one or two guys. If they had, then they would have had no chance in this game, period. The third quarter, I thought, was very intriguing and interesting for the Kings, and there's a lot of positives and negatives from that quarter alone. First and foremost, the Golden State Warriors, coming into tonight's game, averaged 35 and a half points in the third quarter. They are a third-quarter team. They dominate in the third quarter, and that's what they did in the Sacra against the Sacramento Kings last Friday in Sacramento, right? That third quarter is when they really took their lead, created separation, ultimately won that game. It was because of the big third quarter that they had. Well, Sacramento held Golden State to just 18 points in the third quarter. That is really good. I mean, anytime the Kings can hold any team under 20 points in a quarter, it's phenomenal. But especially the Golden State Warriors in their quarter coming out of the halftime break. Now, that's all good. The bad part is the Sacramento Kings built a 11-point lead, a double-digit lead in that quarter, and they ultimately blew that lead and lost this game. That is a concerning trend that continues. We've talked about this before. We talked about this after the Los Angeles Lakers win, right? On one hand, it's the modern NBA. Basketball is a game of runs. There's more points. There's more scoring, more three-point shooting, shooting earlier on the shot clock. There's all these reasons for why an 11-point lead or 15-point lead or whatever it may be just isn't as significant or as big as it used to be, right? Very, very valid. But the Kings need to learn how to maintain and sustain leads that they build. 
And I don't know if they are getting complacent. I don't know if they're taking their foot off the gas. I don't know if their shot selection is getting worse when they build a lead. And I don't know if they're like balking or, or, or taking it easy a little bit on the defensive end of the ball and allowing other teams to just kind of enforce their will or get back into the game. They're clearly not doing a good job responding to their opposed, opponent's response. Now, granted, in the three out of the four games they've blown double-digit leads, those teams that they've lost to, or rather those two te those teams that have blown they've blown leads against, the Golden State Warriors twice, and the Los Angeles Lakers. Two really good basketball teams. They built a good lead against the Utah Jazz, and they managed to pretty much sustain that. So, again, kind of give and take when you're looking at that. But it is still a concerning trend. You want to see the Sacramento Kings get significantly better at maintaining this, these big leads that they're building for themselves. Let's talk about individual Kings performances. Going to talk about Demonte Sabonis. Going to talk about Keegan Murray. Going to talk about Kevin Herter. Going to talk about Davion Mitchell. All of these are coming up for you in just a sec. First, though, like I said at the top of the show, today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. So pick a game whether it's in the NFL or whatever it is, pick a game, find a heavy favorite to win, put $5 down on that. That's all you have to invest. When they win, it doesn't matter how much money you're getting back from the absolute bet because here's $150 in bonus bets that you get right then and there for you to keep playing and keep making money on FanDuel and you can have your fun then finding different spreads, player props, over-unders, and more for you to bet on not just all NFL season long, but of course all NBA season long as well. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. There's so many fun ways, future bets, prop pets, individual bets for the Sacramento Kings, uh, like their over-unders on wins and things like that. There's so many different ways for you to incorporate FanDuel into your Kings fandom. So go and check that out. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Before we get to DeMontis Sabonis and Davion Mitchell and Keegan Murray and Kevin Herter, I saw a lot of this reaction on social media and a lot of the reaction that I've been getting wants to blame the refs, and I'm not, I'm not there tonight. Like, yes, I guess, and I didn't even realize this at the time, the Golden State Warriors didn't get called for a single foul in the third quarter, and should there have been some foul calls? Absolutely. The Warriors, especially when it comes to Montes Sabonis in the paint, the Warriors' game plan is just, just to slap and punch the ball as much as they possibly can and try and knock that ball out of his hands. Do they get him a lot of times? Yes. But... The, the Kings got to the line a comfortable amount of times. There were some calls that I didn't think should have gone the Kings' way that did go the Kings' way, and that's just me watching in person. I'm not blaming the rest for this loss for the Sacramento Kings. Maybe you want to. If you do, if that's your coping mechanism, that's fine. I'm not even going to tell you that you're wrong because I haven't done a deep dive into the film to see what the refs got right and what the refs got wrong. I didn't watch this game on TV. I watched it in person or through the lens of my camera. So I didn't really notice the referees that much in this game at all. And if when I did, it was calls going Sacramento's way. So I'm not blaming the refs for tonight. Again, you can do so, but I don't give the Sacramento Kings that excuse. They lost this game. They went toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Warriors once again, and they lost because Klay Thompson hit a really big shot. The Kings missed some big free throws at times. The shot making for both teams wasn't there. It's a, lot, it's a game of ifs, right? If the Kings made this shot or if the Warriors made this shot, then the game would have gone a whole heck of a lot differently. So that's how I'm summing up tonight's game. I'm not really focused on all the refs. Let's talk about DeMontis Sabonis. 
his improvement from what he was in the playoffs against Golden State to in these first two games against the Warriors should be very encouraging for Kings fans. In the playoffs, he averaged 16 points, 11 rebounds, and 4.7 assists. So he averaged his double-double, but the eye test showed us that Domas was not himself, that the Warriors were doing a good job taking Domas out of his comfort zone, and those numbers weren't as good as we should expect from him. Game one against the Warriors last Friday night, he averaged 19 points, 18 rebounds, and seven assists. Dominated on the glass in that game. Tonight, 23 points to lead the Kings in scoring, 11 rebounds, and eight assists. So flirted with a triple-double. I'm very encouraged by the numbers that DeMontis Sabonis put up. Now, he didn't step up into any kind of takeover mode with De'Aaron Fox being out. Hit some big shots at times, and I can't tell you how badly I wanted that straightaway bank shot that he hit to put the Kings up one uh, towards the end of the game. I, I can't tell you how badly I wanted that to be the game winner. Not just to kind of shut up some Golden State Warrior fans who have trashed on Sabonis way too much, but for Domas to kind of get that moment, right? It was kind of an ugly shot. He banked it in. I don't know if he called glass or not, but it all counts for the same amount of points. I was hoping so much that that would be the game winner for Domas. Unfortunately, it didn't end up being. But ultimately, like I'm, I'm really pleased with what I've seen out of Domas in these games against the Golden State Warriors. And he did step up as your leading scorer tonight with De'Aaron Fox being out. That's kind of what you expect out of your number two. Of course, we also had high expectations for Keegan Murray. And unfortunately tonight, he really struggled. 10 points, 4 of 15 from the field, 0 of 7 from three-point range. Six rebounds, three assists, two steals. So he did other things outside of shooting and scoring, which I appreciate. What I'll say, the Golden State Warriors clearly had a lot of respect for Keegan Murray. I'll say that very clearly, right? It was very clear that the Golden State Warriors knew Steph Curry is out. The Kings are going to rely heavily on, on Keegan Murray amongst other guys in this game. We need to make Keegan's life as difficult as possible. He's, he's not a rookie anymore. And he had some big moments and, and grew up a lot over the course of the playoff series against us. We're not going to allow him to carry that confidence in. We're not going to allow him to get the same looks that he was getting against us because we were so focused on handling De'Aaron Fox and the rest of what he brings to the Sacramento Kings offense. The Golden State Warriors game planned against Keegan Murray like he was the number one scoring threat. And it's good that Keegan faced that. It's a bummer and kind of a missed opportunity for Keegan that he didn't step up bigger uh, th than he could have tonight. And the Kings definitely needed him to. If Keegan Murray's playing better tonight, the Kings probably win this game by, uh, I'm not going to say a big margin or even a comfortable margin, but the Kings probably win this game if Keegan, uh, Keegan Murray has a better night. But the Golden State Warriors did everything they could everything they could to make him uncomfortable. He airballed a couple of shots. That's how bad, and, and he was forcing things at time and just trying to get some things to drop and trying to get good looks. I give the Warriors and Steve Kerr a ton of credit for taking him out of his rhythm. That being said, this is what Keegan Murray needs to learn from. If you're going to be a go-to scoring option in the league, whether it's at times when De'Aaron Fox is on the bench or even when Fox is out there with you, teams are going to respect you enough to throw the kitchen sink out at you if they have to. The Warriors gave Keegan their full effort on the defensive end. Keegan struggled. Now, how does Keegan learn from it? I'm very interested to see uh, that from him. Also, we have to talk about Kevin Herter again because, once again, I'm very proud of him. Another poor offensive night from Kevin. The Kings definitely could have used more out of him offensively. 11 points, 4 of 11 from the field, 1 of 5 from three-point range. Right. Kevin's first... Uh, first uh, uh, responsibility to this team or his role for this Kings team is to score. 
And he is still struggling to do that. We don't give him a pass for that. But a lot of players like Kevin Herter, if they're not scoring, they don't do anything else. They kind of disappear and that's it. That's all they give you. Well, Kevin, over these last couple of games, has been an absolute monster on the glass. He had huge clutch rebounds in overtime for the Kings to beat the Los Angeles Lakers on Sunday. Tonight, he finishes with nine rebounds, had some big rebounds at times uh, against the Warriors. He's one of the big reasons why the Kings out-rebounded the Warriors as much as they did. I do need more scoring from Kevin. I needed more scoring from a lot of guys in this game tonight. So again, I'm not going to harp on him and, and badmouth him when I'm, when I'm giving passes to other guys or not focusing on other guys and their offensive struggles. The Kings absolutely needed more scoring from Kevin Herter, more scoring from their shooting guard who's supposed to be the best shooter on the team. But Kevin is still giving you the 100% effort. He hit some big shots at times in this game. Not the biggest of shots, but he hit some good shots when the Kings needed it. And... He was great on the glass again. Uh, on top of that, I think he also had uh, uh, three assists. So I'm okay. I can live with the, the game that Kevin Herter had tonight. Before we wrap up, want to talk about Davion Mitchell. And we also have to look at the upcoming schedule for the Sacramento Kings. Now that the Warriors are out of the way, thank God. We'll get to that in just a second. I have very little issue with anything that Davion Mitchell did tonight. 13 points. Five of nine from the field, three of six from three-point range. He hit two early threes in the first quarter of this game to kind of get himself going. Four assists, three rebounds, three steals. Davion Mitchell had the very difficult job of stepping into that starting point guard role with De'Aaron Fox out and, and being responsible for helping run and facilitate things with that starting unit. When he had open shots, he took them and he didn't hesitate, and more often than not, he knocked them down tonight. I'm... A, Davion Mitchell, in my mind, did what he was supposed to do as the starting point guard for the Kings to win a game without De'Aaron Fox playing. And I feel pretty confident in saying that if Davion Mitchell plays the same way as he did tonight in these two games against the Houston Rockets, then the Kings will win those games. Of course, it can't just be on Davion. Other guys have to step up too. But Davion did what he needed to do for Sacramento to be victorious tonight. Maybe could have hit an, an extra shot here or there, could have gotten the defensive stop by Clay, on Clay Thompson at the end, although, again, I'm okay with his defense. Clay just hit a really, really good shot. Like, I was pleased with Davion. I had no issues uh, with what Murray gave for, uh, excuse me, uh, Mitchell gave for the Kings tonight. Speaking of the Rockets, they get Houston twice. The Rockets won their first game tonight. Don't know who they beat, but I know they won their first game tonight. You get the Houston Rockets on Saturday and then the Houston Rockets on Monday. After that, you return home a week from tonight is the uh, Portland Trail Blazers. And then you have after them the Oklahoma City Thunder. I think that's the first of the NBA in-season tournament games for the Kings. And then they have the Cleveland Cavaliers also at home. Hopefully by that Blazers game, we're at that just over a week point from De'Aaron Fox's injury. Hopefully he's back at that point. But we can forecast as if he's not going to be. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that when we get to that. Focusing on these two Houston games, though, even these next three games, like these are three very winnable games for Sacramento if they have to face them without De'Aaron Fox. They, this team can't afford lulls with their star being out. These are games that you have to go out and get. Now, if they split in Houston, it's not the end of the world. You absolutely can't lose both. But in reality, the expectation should be the Kings win both those games, even with Fox being out. 
So that's the expectation we'll hold them to. We'll see if they're able to do it. Of course, we'll preview that game and more as we get later on into this week here on the Locked on Kings podcast. So I hope you will join me for that. I know a lot of Warrior fans like to listen to Locked on Kings uh, after a, a Warriors victory over Sacramento. I hope you're having fun. It's all in good fun. I interact with a lot of Warriors fans when I'm here. Some of them don't like me too much. That's okay. A lot of you are very hospitable, and I have fun uh, hanging out and going back and forth with you. And, and it's always a pleasure to be here in the Chase Center. Not as good as the Golden One Center, of course, but it's it's a nice venue. It's a nice arena, and I can at least give you those props. Uh, but have fun. Have your field day. You deserve to celebrate that Clay Thompson victory. Just understand that the Kings are this close now. You just wait till they get over that hump because they're going to. They're going to get over that hump. Just you wait. It's going to happen. I can't wait for the Sacramento Kings to play again. Can't wait to have you join me. And I'm excited for the Kings to take the floor again against Houston because one thing this team has done really well over the last year and some change that they've had Mike Brown They've always responded really well to tough losses. Look what they did against the Lakers on Sunday and watch what they're going to do against the Houston Rockets on Saturday. Can't wait to have you with me for the next episode of Locked on Kings. Until then, my name is Matt George. You've been listening to the Locked on Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.